Hyundai. Hello, welcome to this week's Therapy for Me. Um, there's a lot of noise. Um, and to be honest, I didn't expect quite as much noise here today. Um, and I'll explain why. So um, um, we're in Spain for the week. Obviously, um, you know that uh, if you listen to last week's episode. And um, what I thought I would try and do is do an on-location um, recording every single day in somewhere different. And if for no other reason than, and you can kind of forget what I'm going to say for most of the week, which suggests that you listen to what I say most weeks or take it, well, listen, obviously feel free to listen, but the purposes of this week is more about, is more about the, the, the sonic nature of it. It's about the, the, the soundscape, depending on the places, because I'm hoping you can get a feel for where I am just by the noise. So what I'll do is I'll describe exactly the scene as to where I am. Um, and then hopefully that will make sense to what's going on around you. Um, I'm in a place called Almoradi. Now, Almoradi is a place that I've been to, and I think I've recorded from here before, and we normally come here on a Saturday because the market's on a Saturday, and it's one of those Spanish markets where it fills the streets around the centre. So Almoradi's got a big square in the centre, there's a huge church, there's the town hall, and that forms the, and that forms the, 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 the central square. And it's always a hub of activity. So obviously it's Monday, it's just turned midday, and the square is alive, and it's alive with a number of things. There's a, there's a road to the left of me, so you can hear traffic um, to, the, to the left of me. Um, when we first started up, you'd have heard a lot of... Um, sort of the noise of what seemed like the noise of a crowd because there's a whole group of school children that were moving across the square so there was that kind of gaggle of kids in twos and a long line snaking across uh, across the square the square itself is full of these most beautiful trees and what i'm going to do this week is i'll i'll post pictures um on instagram as the days go by of, of the places where i do the recordings from so you can contextualize the recordings a little bit with the um, you know, with the actual scenery around. So there's these beautiful trees in the um, the marketplace at Almoradi, and they've all been trained to form. They look like mushrooms almost. They've got that kind of mushroom shape about them. So they've they've kind of been chopped off. It's like a normal kind of fairy tale tree you'd expect to see in something Hans Christian Andersen with these really gnarled um, uh, trunks. But then they, it's like they've been top sliced. Um, and they've clearly that's been done for long enough to, to to keep them looking in that shape. So you've got these beautiful things that these beautiful trees that have that squat-like quality, which actually makes them even more kind of fairy tale-esque. Um, and they're and they're dotted. There's ten of, ten or twelve of these trees in the square um, that provide that provide the shade. And obviously, one of the reasons I guess people come here through the day and meet. Uh, is because of the shade and the one thing the, the more I come to Spain the more I notice uh, and of course you know this you, you know this from the first time you come you know and you go back to the old Noel I think it was the Noel Coward line of mad dogs and Englishmen go out in the midday sun but everybody in Spain all the Spanish seek the shade all the time they spend very little time you wouldn't know it looking at the colour of them but they spend so little time in the actual sunshine um, I um, I went for a walk on um, Friday night while I was waiting to uh, to fetch everybody from the airport, and um, and I went for a walk along the the coast at a place called Santa Pola, and um, the beach uh, was you know was was still relatively you know occupied at 
at sort of eight o'clock at night, and yet it was only Spanish on the beach. And they seemed to go out, and it was the same thing when I was in Guatemala on Sunday morning. Um, the Spanish go to the beach at eight o'clock in the morning for a couple of hours before it gets too hot, and then they come back. Then they go out again when the sting's gone out of the sun. Obviously, we know they siesta in the afternoon, and um, well, that's a nice bit actually for the for the podcast. We've got the uh, the, the church bell going off, um, but but it's it. I, I wasn't. I'd not picked up on how much they put themselves in the shade and how much shade is naturally provided. And they use things like the trees and what have you. And, and I know it's, I'm saying things that are ridiculous, that of course, that, but it's when you see them and you have that moment and go, ah, now I get why they've done that. Um, so we've just, we've just had a really pleasant coffee and we're just going to go for a little stroll on Almorade and then we're going to head back. But it's interesting to see the place because we, I say, we normally here on a market day and because everything's, everything goes off from the market square in, from the you know the central square in all four directions so as i look up to my left there's a street i would expect to see market stalls straight ahead where i'd expect to see market stalls to the right and behind me and everything just snakes out from the square and everything brings you back to the square when the market's actually on and where we sat for coffee this morning there's about 10 or 12 seats out there but normally on a market day there's maybe 50 seats out there the, the the place is just a whole buzz of conversation on on a saturday when the market's here and i just and i've mentioned again i've mentioned it before on the podcast but i just think it's fascinating how people get together to just sit and talk and whether it be sport whether it be politics whether it be social affairs whatever it is i just love the fact that everybody's here and they're out and they're just talking and the one thing you notice is actually how few people are on devices how few people, are, everybody who is sat is concentrating on each other, they're not on phones, and they're just enjoying the, you know, the, the social activity of, of being and talking, which I think is fantastic. Anyway, um, I'll leave it there um, for, for, for today. Uh, and I, yeah, I'm, ho- I'm hoping this is going to work. I'm hoping it's going to give a flavour of kind of what's going on. So I'll take a few photos now. And I'll post those at some point through the afternoon. And then when, by the time you get this at the end of the week, the individual photos will start to make some kind of sense. So the first photo I'll take is exactly from where I'm sat. In fact, actually, I'll only take photos from where I'm sat. So the photos I'll post this week um, will, to, to accompany the, the episode will only be from where I'm sat or stood when I'm recording. Make sense? Cool. Right, I will speak to you tomorrow. Tuesday. I'm hoping you can hear uh, quite clearly the sound of the sea. It's the sound of the sea hitting against a bank of of fairly substantial rocks. Um, I'm out on um, a man-made headland um, at one end of uh, Guatemala. Uh, Guadamar uh, del Segura and it's the point where the river um, obviously hits the uh, the med so it's the it's the point of the estuary there's a marina just behind me uh, and I've got to really quite like the headland and, and um, there's a it's it's one of those really nice sort of um, you know it's a it's a concrete um, strip essentially but it's built up on either side with as I say with these fairly substantial rocks and it's a really nice point um, to come and just look out um, out to sea because obviously you're sticking out to sea probably about uh, probably about a quarter of a mile 
and um, there are plenty of people out walking but the reason I really like it is it's uh, the entire rocks are just full uh, of, of people mainly uh, men I have to say uh, mainly men of a certain age actually um, fishing um, and it's like this in the morning and it's like it in an evening and it's and it's about um, it's about sort of half past seven um, it's a really pleasant sort of evening it's about 24 25 degrees and as i say there's a constant stream of people walking along to the end of the headland and then walking back and then there's uh, a whole host of people and i'll take a photo in a minute just just fishing uh, and seeing the evening through and the one thing um i've been impressed with when i've come down here is the number of people i've seen catching um, fish so it, this isn't one of those things where people come and sit and fish for a few hours and go home empty-handed there's there's a lot of fish being pulled out uh, of the sea which I'm assuming they, 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 everybody seems to have a bucket and they go into the bucket I'm assuming go into the buckets live and then they make the way uh, back home I'm guessing just for, for for you know for consumption within the household I'm guessing I can't say anybody's got a, a bucket big enough to sell but certainly uh, you don't know what happens to them I guess after here and and the weird thing is there's um, all these rods are kind of they're kind of stuck into so there's it's it's a definitely a concrete sort of um, you know main walkway and there's lots of little holes in the concrete where little rod rests are wedged in so people can fish two or three rods at the same time and uh, and the rods are out with with these sort of um, weights with some bait on the end and then obviously if a, if a fish takes the bait that the end of the rod you know bends to indicate that that something's taken it and at that point it's reeled in so you can get you can you know you can set up two or three rods at the same time and effectively keep an eye on all three working on the assumption that you probably won't be catching fish on all three at the at the same at the same time um, so I'm hoping some of that's come across. Uh, there's, I thought there might be a little bit more chatter amongst the, the fishermen in that kind of way that the, the Spanish tend to do. But there isn't, there isn't, they all seem to be very, very much concentrating on what they're, what they're doing. So all you're really getting is the sound of the sea, you know, against, against these, these rocks. Um, the, the only other thing I was going to mention is completely sort of apropos to this really it's not really relevant to it in in the in the slightest but it was something that i saw in the um it was on the bbc website uh and i took a photo of it because i thought it was so funny and i didn't want to to um to disappear and i know it, sh and it isn't funny in terms of what it is but it's funny the way it's written so i'm going to i'm going to read it out the way it's written and it's, this is the story about uh the 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 issue that at the louvre with the um you know with the Mona Lisa so I'll read it exactly as it's written which I'm sorry but made me smile uh, a man disguised as an elderly woman in a wheelchair has thrown cake at the Mona Lisa Leonardo da Vinci's famous painting at the Louvre in Paris the piece which was undamaged was left with white cream smeared across its protective glass the perpetrator seen wearing a wig and lipstick urged people to think of the earth while being led from the scene the incident on Sunday was described by witnesses as being jaw-dropping Louvre Vista Luke Sambo from the US saw it all unfold. The crowd began gasping and we looked up and some man in a wheelchair, dressed as an old lady, ran up to the painting and started punching it before smearing cake all over it, the 20-year-old told the PA news agency. It took about 10 to 15 seconds for the security to actually take the man away, but the crowd seemed to panic a little bit. It was jaw-dropping. It was a lot to take in considering how historic the Mona Lisa is. The moment was one in a million. Now, 
There's two things about that. One, it's just the idea that somebody modelling themselves on Mrs Doubtfire would think that going to attack the uh, Mona Lisa was a good idea. But it was the bit where um, the man in a wheelchair dressed as an old lady ran up to the painting and started punching it before smearing cake all over it. I don't know why I found that funny. I just did. Apologies, I would find that funny because it's a serious matter. But the way it was written, it made me smile. Anyway, with that story and the sound of the uh, the water below, I will leave you uh, and enjoy your evening and I will talk to you from somewhere different, from somewhere else with a different sound tomorrow. Wednesday. Hello. Today's soundscape is actually uh, from the villa that we're staying in. Um, and uh, the villa's in a place called the Finca. I think I've explained this maybe in the past. And um, there's a, a, a whole load of uh, apartments and villas around a golf course. So uh, although I said I would take photos from exactly where I'm sat, I'm actually going to take one from where I'm sat so you can see uh, the pool. But I'll take one from over the hedge so you can get some idea of, of, of the landscape as well. You've got the gentle sound um, of the water filters um, going on the pool um, which obviously is quite a relaxing early morning sound uh, you can probably hear the birds um, going away I've got a, a flash of, of sunlight on my right hand side um, kind of bathed in, in early morning sunshine which is absolutely beautiful because it really is a lovely temperature um, and it's going to be a a, you know, just a glorious day you can tell already it's got that kind of vibe of a Spanish morning that's going to be absolutely absolutely lovely um, and and yeah I just thought you know what of the, of the places I need to bring you a bit of the sound of, of, of where we're staying and the two times to do it are obviously you know in the morning because it's quiet um, before the rest of the day really kicks off and then obviously at night if you want the, the sounds of the crickets um, which I actually ought to try and do actually at some point do something with the crickets in the evening because it's such a such an evocative sound as well um, in terms of in, in terms of what to talk to you about it's um, it's starting to look a little bit uh, worrying um, for, for Mr Johnson um, yesterday was an interesting day there's been a, a drip 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 of um, of, of MPs coming out and saying they're relatively unhappy with them, him. I don't think this is anything particularly uh, new. And I think the, the I guess that at the moment, the decision that a, a lot of Tory MPs were making, a lot of them, I'm assuming, will be in marginal constituencies. They'll be looking at the polling because the polling figures came out yesterday, putting you know Labour 10 points ahead with a 3% increase, uh, with the Tories having dropped 2%. And that's just in, in the last you know sort of week and there's going to be a hell of a lot of MPs will have now mapped that onto their own seats and realised that they're out of a job in two years time uh, and, and no real sign that these numbers are going to reverse with with him in number 10 so as much as I'd like to think that there's you know there's some form of moral backbone is being discovered um, I don't think it's got anything to do with that anything other than uh, you know electoral uh, number uh, crunching and the fact that we've hit the point where too many, too many people just at the end of the day they're out of job in, out of a job in two years' time anyway, probably less. So, um, but it is interesting how it appears to be gaining some, gaining some momentum. So we'll have to wait and see 
how the rest of the uh, the week goes. Um, it's a, it is a tough one because from a Labour perspective, um, you know, he, he there's nothing left. He's got nothing left he can do. Um, absolutely nothing meaningful he can do now. Uh, anything that he does is either going to be, um, you know, I mean, you, you look at cost of living, that's that's just constantly going to be called the Labour windfall tax now. And that's all Labour are going to uh, frame it as. So he's not going to do much out of that. So you wonder what he's going to be able to do that's going to, you know, perceivably make a difference. Uh, and yet everywhere he goes, there's a, a, a possibility that he's just going to wind up his own backbenchers. Of course... He's coming from different areas of the party now as well, so it, it becomes it becomes intriguing when you start to get the likes of and- Angela Ledsom, Andrew, sorry, Andrew, Angela, Andrea Ledsom, uh, having a go at you. Then you, you know you, to a certain extent, you know you're in trouble. Um, but anyway, I'll leave you with uh, a few more sounds of the morning, and um, I'll speak to you from somewhere different tomorrow. Thursday. Any number of things you can hear um, where I am at the moment. If I look straight ahead, there's a large um, lake, um, though it's a man-made lake, um, and it's at the bottom part of the golf course. Um, There's a nature walk around uh, to the side of where I am. Um, there's some of those machines that you start to see in parks now for people to do various bits of gym work. Um, so we've got sort of, um, you know, things for, for lifting and stretching and what have you. Um, there's a couple of areas for doing um, ball or um, whatever the other word is that begins with P that I can never remember. Um, and there's a walk around the river. Um, which goes on and and touches the edge of the golf course. But the main reason for being where I'm sat at the moment, and we're about a mile away from um, the villa we're staying in, is you will be able to hear, potentially hear, a football being kicked at one end of a court, and then at the other end of a court you can potentially hear the bounce of a basketball. Um, So um, one um, of, of the kids um, Jack is at one end with a basketball because he's rather basketball obsessed um, and, ja- and Josh is at this end uh, practicing taking penalties and it's one of those it's, a str- it's strange really there's this, this place here which I you know obviously is here for community use though I don't quite understand the dem- where the demand comes from certainly for something like a football pitch because it's the equivalent of a sort of a five-a-side football pitch and then the equivalent of a basketball pitch so it's a slightly small five-a-side pitch um, because obviously it's kind of basketball court size um, and it's yeah it's just a bit difficult to work out because there's some serious work gone into this going to sound very nerdy here but some serious work got into whoever's laid this piece of concrete it's a very very well laid court um and yeah i don't i don't see every time we've ever been down here uh there's there's never been anybody here and we we come here you know over the course of the week we'll we'll have come here down here four or five times we tend to come down for half an hour in the evening it's um it's it's 10 to 8 now which is about the time you can come when it's just cool enough to to run about a bit uh, we came earlier the other day and it was just too warm but the sun started to drop and there's a bit of breeze now so it's it's nice and and the other thing is we now 
um, we bring a basketball and we bring a football with us having come enough times and bought things and never taken them home we now bring a football and we bring a basketball and we bring a pump and we inflate and deflate and what have you um, so we're not worried about the the ridiculous shape of, of, of the two set items but you know I mean if it was if they both played football but of course they don't they both do different things um, so we now we now there's a ball just about bouncing past me we now bring both with us um, I've nothing really to add in terms of anything other than the description of, of, of where I am at the moment. Uh, I'm watching three very impressive birds flying over the water. Um, but it's, it's just that kind of... It's that kind of thing that's very, very Spanish, which is it's a mixture of what looks like something that's in disrepair with something that then has been remarkably well done and put together. And that's, that, to me, is just Spain all over when they do something they do it really really well but then you walk around and you go but the rest of it just looks unfinished um and that's a, that's a perfect example of kind of where i'm at really um you know clearly as i say the place isn't used a lot because there's weeds and what have you growing everywhere yet when the original work was done the original a lot of time and effort has gone into doing what's actually been created here which is the bit that doesn't make a an enormous amount of sense um, slightly odd but one of the little things about the Spanish that I think to me makes them so endearing actually um, that they I guess it's just they look through things with different eyes don't they so certain things don't bother them in the way that they would bother me but you know then other things the important things like you know building a really good football uh, court and basketball court they've done that they just don't worry about the other bits around the sides they don't worry about the finishing off necessarily anyway uh, I will disappear because I think I'm required to shoot a few hoops so I will go and get on um, with the job of doing that I'm sat with my feet over the water. I'm sat on a piece of concrete. Uh, it's the edge of a promenade. And I'm looking out over a marina and there's like a, a strip of water that looks like a, almost like a canal. But it's just because the way this um, marina's gone, there's, there's basically arms where the boats are coming off. And there's this one strip that's kind of where the, that runs parallel to the promenade and you've got this, this this strip of water now what's fascinating about this strip of water i noticed this last time we were here is it's full of fish absolutely full of fish and i mean decent sized fish so two three four five pound fish um and the interesting thing is that a second ago before i sat down they were swimming right to the edge and since I've sat down and put my feet over the edge they're now swimming in an arc round me so they're doing a loop and they've created almost like a um, like a, a thoroughfare um, going in both directions swimming in kind of an, uh, an arc around my feet which is which is bizarre and it's only happened since I've sat down and put my feet um, you know uh, above the water because my feet are sat maybe six inches above the water and yet the fish are conscious of that now whether it's the reflection of me on the water i don't know but they're conscious they move around uh, and we're in a place called santa pola 
and Santa Pola's up the coast from where we're staying. About it's about a 25 minute, half an hour journey, and it's an, and it's a really fantastic um, marina, and it's a really fantastic promenade, and then it's got a beach at, at one end, and it's got the look of a it's got the look of a slightly tired Spanish resort that's then had this amazing marina almost like bolted onto the front of it, and it's revitalised this whole section, which I guess you'll probably see when you see the when you see the photos. Um, and that's all I can really tell you about Santa Pola, other than you, you become quite charmed by it when you arrive, and obviously it's one of those places where, I mean, there's clearly money flows in and out when you look at the, the size of some of the boats, uh, and also when you look at some of the restaurants, which are, you know, not the kind of restaurants that, that, that would necessarily be supported by by the rest of the, uh, the of the resort if you... You know, you go to the to the beach and what have you. So anyway, um, so we're we're about at the end of the end of the week, and it seems a nice enough place to finish off the recording uh, as any. Um, so I'll I'll put the pose the pictures on, uh, and you can get some idea of uh, of what's going on. Um, you know, and, and everything that's going on around me. And as you can hear, there's quite a lot of excitement uh, about the uh, about the number of fish. Anyway, I will speak to you uh, soon. Stay safe, and I'll talk to you when I get back home. If you've enjoyed Therapy for Me, then please subscribe and share as you see fit. This has been an A Short Stories production. You might not have been able to hear that, but that was the sound of a pink golf ball going into a hole on the 17th fairway of Europe's largest mini golf course, which is about 10 minutes away from where we're actually staying. It's called Greenlands and it's absolutely spectacular. So I thought I'd add a little bonus bit of sonic of of this really. It's hard to kind of pick up exactly what it is from where we are because we're quite close to the the ap7 motorway so you're just getting the sound of the road noise and then you're getting the sound of people and a bit of breeze but trust me the sound you did hear was me putting my my ball into the into the hole um it is it is fairly spectacular we've got palm trees we've got dinosaurs we've got all manner of things on the different um on the different holes so i'll take a few photos and post those and just have this as a little bit of a a tfm postscript uh, for this week. Uh, anyway, I hope you're well. I hope you enjoy the bank holiday weekend and I will catch up with you all soon.